I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, April 16, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What's the first thing that jumps off the page? What we have to first do, like we do every single day, is take a 30,000 foot view of the market on the daily chart, and then we're going to drill down. And by the way, when we drill down tonight, we're going to have a lot of stuff to discuss. We're going to marry it with inside the numbers, but there's a method to the madness. The chart on an intraday basis is actually doing something very, very classic, and there's a very specific reason why I did something counter to what the chart is actually doing by the end of the trading day. So there's a little bit of cryptography in there. It's a little bit of cryptic, but it'll be uncryptic in a few moments when we go over the intraday charts and I'll explain the method to the madness. All right, let's go back to the daily chart. The first thing I notice, only because I was looking for it and I know it's there. If you didn't know it's there, you wouldn't notice it, but it's that shenanigan tail from yesterday. The high registered at 283.94 and we know from yesterday's commentary and oh by the way yesterday's market that price wasn't up in that neighborhood. What's the second thing that I notice? The second thing is the downsloping 50 period moving average. One might think well that's pushing price lower. That's possible. That's probable. That does happen. It does work that way. But by the same token there's two sides to the market. So the bears are essentially pushing price down or trying to push price down, but the bulls are trying to gin up enough energy to push price higher up and through the 50 period moving average. So that's going on. We know that's happening. That's just the nature of how the market works. But just knowing that doesn't tell us anything. There's nothing we can do with that information from a trade standpoint. So we dig on further. So here we have the classic ABC pattern that we talked about ad nauseum. So the market did that thing, it completed it. But now what it's doing, since rising up into this general zone, it's essentially now eating time off the clock on the daily chart. Not to say it can't come down further, but right now at present, what it's doing is it's eating time off the clock. A couple of things come to mind with that. The first thing is, It's doing so to get through the 50 period moving average. Why do I say that and why not get rejected because it couldn't get to or through the 50 period moving average? Well, there's a simple reason now. It wasn't rejected yet. It could still be rejected and we'll talk more about that when we go on to the daily charts or the intraday charts. But right now, at present, it hasn't been rejected, it being price. So we have to be aware of that. We're hanging around up near the recent highs that in and of itself is a puzzle piece and it's on the table and it plays a role into the reason why i did the thing that was counter to what the market's actually doing from an intraday perspective by the end of the day again i'll get into that and when i do there's going to be a lesson learned in there any way you look at it we have another important number 281 Is it as important as it was a couple, three, four, five days ago? Maybe, maybe not. Here's my reasoning why. Over the last two days, we haven't even paid a visit to 281. So there's more important stuff 
on the table. I'm not so focused on 281 right now. So before we leave the daily chart, here's what we'll say. Other than the fact that the market's in a longer-term downtrend that comes from the top, that's obvious, we know about that, the shorter term is in an uptrend and it doesn't have to be over. The fact that they're hanging around underneath the 50-period moving average, and by the way, how many times have we seen this? We've read this book many, many times. So as long as they continue to hang around, eat time off the clock, they're essentially building energy to make another push higher. If they do that, where do they go? Well, the longer they hang around and don't go higher, the higher they'll go if they do go higher. I know that's a little bit of a twister. You got to think about that one for a moment. Let's cut that one down to size and simplify it. Let's say they went back and forth for another four, five, six, seven days or more in this upper neck of the woods underneath the 50. They started riding the 50. When and if they did break higher, the longer they go sideways eating time off the clock, the higher they're going to go out of that consolidation pattern. The shorter they do what they're doing, the shorter the time span they do it, the less high they'll go. That's just a rule of thumb. You can refer that to the 80-20 rule. It's not a hard and fast, has to be this way type of thing. Nothing in the market really is. Everything we do is based on probabilities And how often does a certain thing happen because a certain other thing was taking place? That's essentially what we're doing. That's the puzzle that we're always building. Let's put it this way. If they start to push higher and they get above the high from the other day, the high being 284.90, you don't want to be on the short side of the market. You'll have another short squeeze where they'll bolt on a few buckets full of points. We'll know ahead of time if that's taking place. Inside the numbers members will have that information readily available. Now let's get down to some brass tacks. Let's go learn some stuff. The market basically traded for the last two days in a rather narrow range, all things considered. This is a bear flaggish, bear wedgish kind of pattern. This will generally have a continuation move in the southern direction. They haven't done that. The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew is doing a pretty good job of wearing out the trader community that's short the market. They keep testing the top end of the range. They keep testing the bottom end of the range. They're not able to break up, and they haven't broken down. Let's check out inside the numbers. We're going to go back to the charts. There's several more charts that I want to look at as it relates to the current pattern in the S&P. But I also want you to see the notes. I'm not even going to explain much of the notes because you can see the market was in a very narrow range most of the day we had the numbers that were necessary we know what they have to break through to break lower we know what they have to break through to break higher we have the whole ball of wax and oh by the way while we're down here stocks on the move you'll notice that we had four opportunities hit their price objectives today we'll take a look at the charts of all four later on let's go back and let you read the notes And then we'll go back to the charts. And this time, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the commentary. Just going to scroll. I'm going to say a bunch of nonsense while you're stopping and starting the video. And then we'll get back to the charts so that we can discuss not only everything that was in here, but everything I'm seeing from all angles. And then I'm going to give you the underlying reason why I did what I did. And since you're reading the notes, I'm going to tell you 
the whole ball of wax, and then we'll go back and look at the charts. So basically, the bottom line is this. We're in a bear flag pattern, and I was comfortable getting short the market at the upper end of the range. Why is that? Because I know that if we close hourly above the high of the upper end of the range, call it SPY 280 for argument's sake, closing above there, I'm going to exit the trade. I'm going to have to lose, but I'll lose small and fast if that has to be the case. That's the way you have to lose if you're going to lose at all. We talk about that all the time, but we haven't talked about it in a while. So what happened was I started telling Inside the Numbers members that I was going to exit the position even though the pattern may not break down, meaning it would be the same at the closing bell, but I don't necessarily want to hold the trade, that particular trade, overnight. And I'm going to explain why when we go back to the charts. But there's a simple reason why, and it's not a technical reason. It's just a how you treat this as a business reason. And you'll see it in here for the most part. Read the notes, read the commentary, and you'll see exactly what I told members when I told the members. And it's very simple. The trade was to have what I wanted to have or thought would happen to happen during the trading day. My confidence begins to change overnight. For a lot of different reasons, there's some reasons on the chart and there's some other reasons not on the chart. Let's go through in detail some of these charts. So the 60-minute chart, the hourly chart, we have a pretty clear bear flag pattern and that should work lower. We're riding on top of the 50, underneath the 20. They're kind of trapped, going back and forth. And here you go, they should come down to some price below even this pivot low over here. Now, we talked about some other numbers on the south side in last night's video. They were based on the daily chart and longer, but we're not going to rehash those. We don't have to worry about those until price gets into that neighborhood. Is there anything on the hourly chart telling me that this is going to fail and price is going to spike up higher? No, not at all. You can see within the last hour of the day and even shorter than that, it was really in the last 10 or 15 minutes of the day, Price made another attempt for and came up a couple of pennies short of 280 bucks, making a high of 279.98. You know what's coming next. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences in the market. Everything happens for a specific reason. You may not always know the reason, and the reason may not always matter. But rest assured, the market is doing whatever it's doing for a reason. What about a shorter time frame? The 15-minute chart, you'll notice towards the end of the day, they started to creep up above the moving averages. There's a convergence of three out of the four moving averages that I like to follow, the 20, the 50, and the 100-period moving average. So there's a convergence, and price worked it way back above those moving averages. Doesn't really mean much. It's a short time frame. But it is what it is. It's not bearish. So I want to note that it's a puzzle piece from an intraday trading perspective. I put it on the table. What about a 30-minute chart? Now check this out. So here's the same thing we really saw on the hourly chart where we have this down candle here. So we have a breakdown candle here. And we have price that rode up in a wedgish formation to the top or near the high of the breakdown candle. We know that that happens all the time so we're not surprised when it does happen so inside of the hourly chart is a 30 minute pattern or inside of the hourly pattern is a 30 minute pattern or 30 minute movement if you will that went to test a high of a breakdown candle 
Now, within this long two-day deal going on here, it did it once before. So check this out, and I want to prove a point. So here's a breakdown candle, and the high is 279.74. When it did the same thing, and it ran up to test the high of the breakdown candle, what was the high? 280.03, testing that 280 important number. But where was the close of this candle? 279.72. Guess what? Again, no accidents, no coincidences. How do you like them apples? So what I would say when looking at the 30-minute chart in particular, that the market is operating technically sound. Some traders may not like what it's doing, but the market is operating technically sound. What about the 120-minute chart? What do we see going on here? We see something different. We see the same bear flag pattern, but it's riding, meaning price, is riding on the top side of the 20-period moving average. So it diminishes the importance of the 20-period moving average because price is basically riding it. It's no longer really support, yet at the same time, price hasn't been able to get and stay below the 20-period moving average, at least on the 120-minute chart. There's a lot of other things going on. This is just a long, drawn-out two-day pattern. But looking at the 120-minute chart, that's what pops off the page at me. And there's a second thing that pops off the page at me. And this is the first reason why I didn't want to hold a short position overnight. Actually, it's the second reason. The first reason is it was a day trade. I wasn't intending to hold it overnight unless it was actually working and it was going to finish tomorrow. Then I probably would have held it overnight. But the fact that it didn't happen, it didn't even begin to happen, and now I'm looking around the horn and I see other stuff and I think to myself, self, this was a trade that you intended for either to begin working today or complete today. It's a day trade. Don't make it into something more than that. If you treat it as a business, a day trade is over. When the day is over, you can pick it up tomorrow. And you got a couple of options. You really have three options going into tomorrow. Maybe the same bear flag pattern exists when we wake up in the morning and you just put the trade right back on. So what? Maybe we wake up to a big gap down and you miss the trade again. So what? There's a different trade. We'll end up buying the low. What difference does it make? And then the third thing is you wake up to a gap up in the morning. You're stuck in a short position. You get a pie in the face and you're happy you didn't held because you don't actually have it. Why? Because you treat it as a business. The daily chart wasn't the bearish pattern that I'm working off of. Tomorrow's Friday. There's a lot of news fluidity going on with obviously everything that's going on. So what if the Treasury and the Fed team up again and come out with another two, three, four trillion dollars before the opening bell tomorrow? I'm not saying they will. It's just an awareness. I don't want to be caught in that nonsense. Let's get back to the 120-minute chart. So here's what I'm looking at. Up above, we have the 200-period moving average coming across, sloping down above price. So from a larger picture perspective, we're actually consolidating underneath the 200-period moving average. We're consolidating above. You can't help but notice this. Even though there's a bear flag pattern that exists, we're still consolidating above the 20-period moving average. And guess what? Above three out of the four moving averages on this chart, I see the bearish pattern, but I also see price above moving averages. I see price in a short-term uptrend. I know 
that there are still a lot of shorts in the market. What does that mean? It means the same thing it always means. A little spark can create the domino effect and send price a whole lot higher than it is right now. We'll take a little detour because I noticed out of the corner of my eye as I'm making the video, the futures are spiking up a little bit. They've gone up to test the big fat round number of 2800. We're in that period of time after the 415 close, before the 5 o'clock close. I don't know how it's going to wind up. Who knows what's going to happen overnight. It's just to the point that I was making, I saw it out of the corner of my eye. And then what I did was look over at the television. Not that the sound is on, but I could read the thing at the bottom. And what does it say? The administration is further jawboning about reopening the country. Now, we're obviously going to get reopened, but we know that the news cycle is fluid. The bulls want to hear the country is going to be reopened. The market is sniffing out a reopening as it trades higher. And whether or not you agree or disagree with reopening anything doesn't matter. We're talking about the market. If the market believes that the country is going to start reopening before it thought it was going to start reopening a week or two ago, you're going to get a rally. They're going to squeeze out the shorts. They're going to get a conveyor belt of pies in the face. That's just the way it works. All right, let's go back to the other chart. I don't want to watch this. I'd rather teach some stuff. Rest assured, the futures will be pretty busy over the next 15, 16 hours. What about the 240-minute chart? Well, it's a rendition of all the other charts. And here's the other thing. When we're in the risk business, and we're in the risk business, we can't be afraid to put on risk. So we see this bear pattern, right? We see this bear flag pattern. Shows up on a lot of charts, shows up on a 30-minute chart, shows up on a 60, shows up on a 120, a 240. And you have a very defined thing going on. Above the flag portion of this bear flag pattern, so above 280, you don't want to be on the short side if they begin closing hourly, for example, above 280, because they're going to go run and fill the gap. Or at least that's what they're going to try and do at a minimum. But on the other side of that, when you see these and you know where you're wrong, I'm wrong at 280. When you have a trade like that, I'll take this trade 110% of the time. I am fully and completely aware it will not work out 100% of the time. I get that. But we don't know which ones, so we can't cherry pick. And we know since it works the majority of the time, we're going to win the majority of the time. And guess what? If you treat it as a business and you take profit along the way, sometimes you end up with a whopper on a portion of the position. And when that happens, you remember sometimes they're worth the wait. Let's check out the charts from Stocks on the Move. The first one on the board you saw was SQ, Square. Square was issued a haircut at the opening bell. Right now, I wish we all could get a haircut. So the number on the board was $57.69. So what happened? Here's a five-minute chart. Here's the low at the opening bell for the most part, 50 $7.70, front run by one penny. Now, what do we have to say about that? Well, I know some traders got in the trade and made a nice, pretty penny, or actually a bucket full of pennies. What else could we say? You see the importance of $57.69. If it's plus or minus something on either side, it is what it is. That's the number I came up with. And you can see that it was, in fact, important. The rest, you can do the math. PFGC, this did the deal at the end of the day, doesn't really count, nobody's buying it into the close, but 
Takeaway is, you can see the importance of the number one way or the other. How about Rad, Rite Aid? Issued a buzz cut at the open, had two numbers on the board, 1205, 1165. It went in between, and you can see what happened. Here's a high of 1274. Now, the numbers are small, but the percentages are big. For a scalp slash quick day trade, that's a pretty good ride real fast. That's a nice little rocket ride off a $12 stock. Now, here's a little lesson learned. Do you take the second trade down here? And the answer is, no, you don't. And the question is, why not? And the answer is, look how close they came right here. The low was 11.79. It's too close. And then traders ask the question, and rightfully so, how do I know how close too close is? You're not going to find the definition on Wikipedia. So here's what I always tell everybody. If you have a question whether it was too close, if it might be too close, it's too close. Just pass on it. There's another trade around the corner, I promise. And look, here it is. UAL happened to be a shitburger. Not all trades are going to work. This was one that didn't work. I had the wrong number. We've got to review the good, the bad, and the ugly to be fair about the whole thing. I want to keep inside the numbers kind of like that WYSIWYG thing. What you see is what you get. I get traders asking me every single day, can you tell me about inside the numbers? What is it? And it's mind-boggling to me that they haven't seen it in the video. So my answer is just watch a couple of the videos See what's in there. I show all the commentary. We show stocks on the move. There's other stuff in there, but this is the way we're making money. This is what you're signing up for. So what you see is what you get, and I want to keep it that way. There's no secrets. None of this, hey, come buy my stuff. Look at this winning trade. Yeah, they show you the winning trade, but they don't show you the 10 losers before that. Come on, who's kidding who? I'm not saying there's not good traders out there. There are. But there's also a lot of shenanigans out there. Little short hop, check out the ES again. Look, it went all the way up to 28.25 or whatever the number it went up to, 28.29.50. I don't know where they're going to wind up in the morning, but I certainly am glad I didn't hold that position overnight. And this is perfect. This is exactly why. I've done this for many, many years. I've been here before. I don't need the next trade. I want the next trade. I don't have to have every single trade. Here's the way you can look at it. Which would make you more upset? Waking up to a pie in the face and having to take a loss or missing an opportunity because you weren't in the trade but your money's in your pocket? The answer is obvious and there's your reason. Again, don't know where they're going to wind up tomorrow morning but maybe it's a sixth sense. I don't know. Something told me not to hold that thing overnight and that's why I put it inside the numbers. I'll tell you what told me. What told me was following the rules. Treat it as a business. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, at present, they're rallying along with everything else in the aftermarket. But the daily chart, you know, we can make a couple of cases a couple of different ways. And I don't want to have a bias based on what just happened because I was going to do this anyway. But there's two distinct things going on. One of the two is really going to take place, right? It's pretty obvious to me anyway. So either you have this down move and you have this going on, right? And so you can make that case on a lot of different charts. So that'll be a collapse and that'll be the lows or the fresh lows that the bears are looking for. Now that may happen later. It may not happen now. Right now, don't be surprised if, right? It's an F. If this is a one, two, three, 
four, five. It's a stair step higher into and maybe even beyond the 50 period moving average. You have a gap up here. You get all kinds of stuff going on and you have a market that based on what's going on right now as I make this video may be looking for an excuse to stage another rally. As long as it stays above the 20 period moving average, the IWM, then it's okay. The flip side, and we have to be the umpire, I'm going to give you the other side of that call. If in fact the SPY, for example, plays out or did play out or was going to play out that bear flag pattern, then the IWM would have came into the 20 period moving average. And guess what? You also have this little breakup candle low down here below the 50 period or 20 period moving average. So somewhere in here, and it's a garden variety retracement, somewhere in here would have been a good or will be a good buying opportunity. Not if it goes like this first, but it came down right into that first. That would have been a buying opportunity. You don't know how much of a bounce you'd get off there, but you'd get a bounce more times than not. Don't always be looking for the collapse. Markets go back and forth. They ebb and flow. What's going on down at the transportation department? Look at that interesting candle today. They were getting killed earlier in the day. Didn't quite even get to their 20 period moving average. And guess what? Don't forget canary in the coal mine. Think canary. Guess what? They finished not on but near the highs of the day. Quite a recovery. Put it in perspective, the lows are down here, made a recovery all afternoon, closed above a breakdown candle on a small time frame, 15-minute chart. There's something going on around the markets, reading the tape. We talked about the SPY 120-minute, 240, 60-minute bearish pattern, right? Okay, fair enough. Well, let me throw a monkey wrench. Now, if in fact price was inside of this breakdown candle, you would have the same bear flag pattern. But that's not what's going on. So you don't have that. You basically have a pullback, and it's really kind of just a shallow pullback into 20-period moving average, and you have this going on again. We just went over this in a different chart. Why can't you get another step higher? You can. It's an awareness. you got to look at both sides of the tape. Be the umpire. Call balls and strikes. The cues. Here's another reason why I wasn't holding that short position overnight. I see the cues all day long. I see that they're really, really strong, diverging from the rest of the market. Reading the tape, you got to put all these things on the table. And the more things you put on the table, if the picture doesn't become clear, if it becomes more muddy, you have to just call it what it is. You don't know. Look at Smash Mouth up 4% today. It's heading to its 100 period moving average. That's what the chart says. Will you wake up to a big gap down tomorrow? We don't know. But this chart at present says it wants to get to and probably through the 100 period moving average. That's what it says. The financials. Now here's another one. We know without the financials, the market is unlikely to get very far in either direction. The financials were melting down. They've been coming lower. Nice juicy bearish pattern. Hourly chart, other charts look similar. And then you have this. So we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But if they stay bullish and they open bullish, the shorts are going to get a pie in the face. We've seen this before. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? And without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. 
It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I hope you learned something. We're going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.